welcome to Verde Vision ATX podcast with Puck and Vanessa. This is our very first podcast, our inaugural episode, and we're really excited about what we're going to be doing in the podcast together. Um, so before we get started, let's just tell you a little bit about Verde Vision and ourselves. So uh, Puck, what is our vision for Verde Vision? Uh, I think uh, the goal of this was just to create an Austin FC-focused podcast for experienced soccer fans and new soccer fans um, so we can all grow with the new team together, learn a little bit about um, MLS and some of its wacky rules compared to the rest of the soccer world, and uh, just create a nice place to go over, debate some topics, and uh, go where you might be wrong and I might be right. Oh, okay. Well, you covered a lot there. And I like what you started with of, you know, this can be for new soccer fans and, you know, seasoned soccer fans, because you're a fan of the Bundesliga. You've been a fan for years. Um, You follow MLS. Me, not so much. I am definitely a new soccer fan. Um, I'm from Houston. I enjoyed the Dynamo in their early inception. But um, outside of that, I don't know much about the sport, right? So um, I did play sports competitively. I understand the psychology of sports. I love sports. And so I'm really excited to dig in and learn more um, as we explore this together. Yeah, I think that I think that's true for a lot of people here in Austin. You know, this town's been waiting for a professional team to be here for a long time. Uh, there's been a lot of college sports, and there was some previous soccer teams that tried. Um, but this team being here gave people a, a bandwagon to jump on in a big positive way, um, something to help them kind of represent Austin. Um, and this city has been a soccer city for a long time, as any Austinite will tell you. And this just gives that perfect outlet to explore the league, explore the team, learn some new players. Awesome. Well, so that's our vision for Verde Vision. We just want a place where everybody can come together. As Puck said, we can discuss where I am right and he is wrong in some debatable (laughs) topics. And uh, yeah, we're just going to have a good time. So let's tell you a little bit about ourselves. Um, We are a Austin area couple. We are season ticket holders in section 231. And uh, Puck, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've been a soccer fan for a long time, as you spoke earlier. Uh, you know, I always followed the Bundesliga, go Bayern Munich. Um, but I was really happy to have a team here. We were lucky, one of the lucky few to get uh, season tickets. Weightless people don't hold that against us. Um, we're, we've been enjoying the new season in the stadium. Uh, we just just a, we found that the online forums for fans uh, were there was a lot of debate there. Uh, we were really inspired by some of that uh, conversation that was going on, and we just thought it would be a great venue here to kind of put our inf- our opinions out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I've had season tickets for other sports. I love that coming to Austin. The one of the things I was missing was that professional sports atmosphere, and I love that Austin FC has brought it. And I love the fan base. Like we came out the gates on fire, and uh, I, I'm here for it. So I, I just want to do what we can to support it and help grow. What do they say? Grow the tradition. Grow, grow the legend. Grow the legend. Oh, God. Already. All right. Well, here we go. So here's where you can find us, guys. You can find us at VerdeVisionATX.com for a website. And then you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at VerdeVision. So that's V-E-R-D-E-V-I-S-I-O-N. VerdeVision. VerdeVision, where you can see green, too. Is that... 
We're going to work on that. Work on that one. Yeah, we're going to work on that one. It needs a little help. Yeah, a little bit. Um, all right. So let's get into t- t- today's topic. Um, you know, something we've seen a lot of is are our DPs carrying their weight? Are they worth it? So we're going to explore that a little bit today. Are our DPs worthy? What is the role of a DP in a first year expansion team? Uh, and just talk a little bit more around that. So I want to get started for those new soccer fans. What is a DP? So uh, as a new soccer fan, I'm going to reference Wikipedia a lot in this podcast, probably. Um, But per Wikipedia, um, the designated player rule is also nicknamed the Beckham rule allows MLS franchises to sign up to three players that would be considered outside their salary cap, either by offering the player higher wages or by paying a transfer fee for the player. So the rule was adopted ahead of the 2007 season, and it enables teams to compete for star players in the international soccer market. So the MLS is struggling to to kind of have validity or to get good fan base. And the way that we could do that was bring big stars like David Beckham into our MLS teams, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, this is some things, some things I learned when researching this topic. Um, this this rule allowed teams to step outside of their uh, salary cap. And in MLS, the salary cap is actually pretty low considering it's a major professional sports league, especially in America. I think something, the current salary cap is around $4.9 million. Wow. Yeah, and can this DP role, um, Chicharito from LA Galaxy, I think right now his salary is actually 7.2. So it's actually exceeding the actual the actual team salary cap, just him. And that's not and he's just one DP on one team. And you can have up to 3, right? Yeah, only 3 uh Inter Miami, we're looking at you. <laughs> We'll talk about that. We'll get to it. Okay. So um, as of December 2019, which is the last time I found an updated stat, just because I'm lazy and didn't dig deeper, but there have been 209 designated players in the league history. Um, So in 12 years, 209 DPs. Um, So going from there, we're going to talk a little bit um, about our current DPs for Austin FC. Um, so, Puck, who are our current DPs uh, and, and what positions are they in? Yeah, so our three DPs, so I guess we'll go from the first to the newest. Um, so our first DP, um, the guy some people love to hate, um, the guy who started off in not a natural position, but that's Cecilio Dominguez. Um, he was brought in on a transfer from Independiente, uh, an Argentinian club, uh, he had also played for Club America. Um, fun fact, he was actually Independiente's uh, largest transfer fee in history. Okay, so he came in um, as a striker. Our second DP is probably one of my favorite on the team. Spoiler alert for how I'm going to feel about this later. Um, Tomas Pochettino. Um, he came in um, from an Ar- from Argentinian team. I believe it was Telus. Um, he came in for actually a much lower fee than than Cecilio did, but he is a midfielder mainly. Um, we've been using him as an attacking midfielder. midfielder. Um, he's a player that definitely likes seeing the box from afar. And then the latest and greatest signing that's got everyone excited, um, probably the, the pretty boy of the three, uh, <laughs> Sebastian Driussi. I'm going to make sure I get that name right. Um, we brought him in. Um, he probably brings the highest pedigree 
Um, he is also from Argentina, um, where like Tomas Pochettino, um, Cecilio Dominguez is Paraguayan. Um, but he comes, uh, Driussi comes in from Zenit, from the Russian Premier League. So he's probably the only player coming in from an actual Premier European League. Um, and he did pretty good there. He had a lot of uh, hype from his River Plate days in Argentina. Um, so it was a big deal to bring him over. Um, we probably paid a slightly larger transfer fee for him from Zenit than we did for Dominguez from Independiente. Um, and he's the one we're waiting to see if he can, uh, uh, you know, cure the score goal scoring blues. Gotcha. Well, I heard you say that Driussi is the pretty boy, but I disagree. I think that Cecilio Dominguez is pretty darn pretty. Oh, that's going to be the first, first disagreement. I think we might have, we might have our first disagreement okay. subject there. Okay. That's fair. Well, you know, as we said, we, we usually know that I'm right. And then you try and, and say why that isn't the fact, <laughs> but carrying on. Um, so we have Dominguez, Pochettino and Driussi and they're heavy hitters. And I know there was a lot of buzz around these guys when we secured them. Um, it was really exciting that being a first year team, we had these names coming, but there's a few questions, right? So the first question I want to propose is what is the value of a DP for a first year expansion team? They're a heavy hitter, but we're no one yet, right? Like we have to find out who we are. We have to build that name. So what is the true value of bringing a DP on? The next question I have is what is the role of a DP for a first year expansion team? Like, you know, is it the same when they come in and play for an established team or should they be held to a different standard or should we expect something different out of them for a first year team? And the last question I have is, are they worthy? Are they living up to the hype? And is the hype fair? Yeah. And those are all great questions. And this was a lot of um, more interesting information I found when researching this topic for MLS teams. Um, so I think the the expansion of that question is not is a DP worthy, but is one DP that is worthy even enough for a team? So some interesting things I've uh, I've found out, and shout out to Benchmade Kings on YouTube. They have put together a great video digesting some of this information. Um, but some interesting. Oh, and then we're gonna link that on our website, right? Yeah, yeah, we got the link there, so you guys can go to the VerdeVisionATX.com website. Uh, you'll see some resources linked there. So if you're if you want to look up some of this information, sound smarter than your friends at the bar. Yeah, you'll go to the episodes page, click on episode one, and you'll see links to anything that we're referencing. All right, so some some interesting facts that help determine is a DP worth it. Um, so fun fact: so since 2015, every MLS Cup championship team has had all three DP slots filled. That that's every every team repeating or not repeating has had the, all three of those slots filled, uh, and every most every playoff and championship team, all three DP spots have been attacking spots. Ooh, so not defensive players. Yeah, not defensive players, and in fact, even teams that only had two DPs that were attackers still either didn't make the playoffs or didn't go very far. Um, in fact, in 2019, only four teams had DPs that were defensive players. One was a goalkeeper, and the other three were defense, actual defensive players in the field. And none of those teams made the playoffs in 2019. Wow. So all three of our TP, DPs are considered strikers, right? They're all offensive players. 
Yeah, and it looks like if you look at the statistics, um, basically from 2015 to current, um, the it bears out that really DPs in the attacking spots on the field are the only place they're really worth it. It actually p- deals out that a DP defender uh, is almost equivalent to your very substance substance based uh, MLS guy making a couple hundred thousand. Um, now the question I had is, I don't know if that means that really top level defenders are so valuable in other leagues that they don't get to us until they're either on their way out or they're on their way up and they're not the game changer yet. Um, but in MLS at least, and that's what we're looking at, um, when you have DPs up front in the attacking third, that's, that seems to be where you want them and where they make the most difference. Well, and to ask a question for that, and this is just my ignorance of anything outside of MLS, could it also be, and I don't even know if this is making sense as I'm saying it, but, you know, is MLS offense just not remarkable enough to merit a higher level of necessary defense? Does that make sense? Maybe. I think I think it's, I think in, it may even be that teams are structuring their formations. And I think this is something Austin FC has run into a lot this year where they like to make up for that lack of defense by just parking the five back. They put that five in that back line and they, you know, as the Europeans like to say, they park the bus. Um, And if you don't have the three DPs, you know, because it's in some teams and as we've seen this year, sometimes two DPs is not enough. Um, they can put five there. So sometimes it looks like a lot of teams will just bank on their formation and try and make up quantity over quality. Got it. So obviously three of these people are strikers. We've said all season long, we've heard from fans all season long, we need a striker. We need a striker. Driussi is here now, injured in last night's or in the last game against, um, oh my gosh, Real Salt Lake. Um, yeah, Real Salt Lake. And questionable for tomorrow's game against Vancouver. Um, how long are these DPs going to be with us? Yeah, so I think the good thing we did is we we the DPs we have, we locked up for multiple years. So I know Dominguez is here until at least 2024. Um, the Sebastian Driussi deal was not really disclosed, but I know it was a multi-year deal. Mm. Um, and it, Tomas Pochettino, I, I know, is also on a multi-year deal. Uh, and I think, I think the way they approach this DP spot shows that Claudio Reyna in the front office was really trying to build for the long term. Um, I think the biggest mistake they made was they didn't sign all three before the season started. That was another interesting stat that I found um, for the last few years in the MLS, if you had three DPs, but one wasn't signed till halfway or more through the season, which is kind of what happened with us, right. you tend to suffer. Um, and so Claudio Reyna built for the long term, um, waiting for Driussi to be available because there was r- rumors that we were trying to sign Driussi before the season started. It never played out. I think maybe because Zenit thought they would make the Euro you know, championship and they wanted him to play there after they didn't really do much there. I think that's when they were finally ready to let go of him. Got it. So 
let's go back to that question of, you know, what is the value of a DP for a first year team? You know, we've got these guys for a couple of years, at least we are in, you know, this, these formative years of what our club is going to look like. Do you feel that their role is different this year than what it would be if they had come into an established team? Yeah, I think coming into an expansion team, one in it's been shown in the past that South American players, while they do well in the MLS, they do take time to adjust to this league. This league's a little different. The players on broad are a little different. They don't maybe necessarily grow up playing the same style as the South American players do. And that tends to be where most of the modern DPs come from if they're not top-level European talent on their way down. Um, so I think the the big call-out here was that they're great for an expansion team, but the problem with an expansion team is they may not always be playing in their natural position. Oh, no, don't get ahead. Because this is something that we disagree on, I think. Uh, so like, can we table that for one second? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I, I want to discuss this because we've had some good debates around this. So that, that's that's good good thoughts on, you know, what the role is for them for the first year, you know, and these guys coming into an expansion team, you know, we've seen these moments from Pochettino where there's some frustration. We've seen him playing, you know, multiple different um, positions or starting in different places. Same thing with Dominguez, right? Um, Do we think that there's any one DP that we need to like really shout out about? Like, is there anyone that's really carrying the torch right now for us? Or do we think they're all, they're all even, even Stevens? It's hard to say because Cecilio Dominguez is probably the most controversial of the three DPs right now. Um, he, you know, he has been accused of flopping a lot or under, uh, you know, underproducing. Um, but it goes back to that position question: Where has he been playing? He's not normally an in the middle guy. He is most of his career an on the wing guy. Um, but I mean, as a goal scorer. Throughout his career, he's got 73 goals and 288 appearances. That's with wow. that's with multiple clubs in his career, um, and he's only got a few here. And I I think being in an expansion team, he just wasn't in the spot he was he was most familiar with. Same with Tomas Pochettino. Um, Pochettino is a if you watch his highlights, I was really excited when we got him. Just He has a style where he likes to play long from outside the box into the box. But we don't have the players that were running, making the runs like he's used to. And I think, I think the plan was to match these three players up from the start. But when we didn't get Driussi, they didn't have a fallback. Yeah. So I think Dominguez is probably the most controversial as far as production goes. Pochettino... Again, another guy who likes to play a certain style wasn't able to, and we really had to push him to adapt this style. And I think that kind of showed up in games like the game against uh, the Houston Dynamo. Yeah. And we've seen that, right? Like we have great possession. We, we do these great things where we get it from, and, and this is just my ignorance guys. And I'm going to use all the wrong terminology, but where, you know, we carry it from the opposite field and have these gorgeous passes and maintain possession. And then it just falls apart when we get to the, to the box, to the goal, yeah, to the, the box, the box, to the box. <laughs> and I mean, like I am not a soccer pro and I see it. Right. Um, and that's that third striker, right? Like that's that missing piece of a triad. It's that tech. Like- guy with the killer instinct the yeah. that what a lot of people call the nine or the ten um the the guy who can sniff out the empty spaces and that's really where 
Driussi is the most dangerous. You know, Dominguez does not like that middle spot. I think we can see that. I think that's where a lot of maybe that early season, quote-unquote, flopping was coming from is he didn't have the space that he's used to on that wing. Uh, and he's not he's not used to that sort of attack. You know, his performances in the past bear more than what we've seen this year. Uh, same with Pochettino. Uh, you could, like you said, his he would definitely show frustration. His body language was very noticeable in some games when that opening there to to finish wasn't just wasn't available from the other guys. Yeah. All right. So you keep talking about it. Let's let's talk about it these players being in positions that they're not normally in. Um, so should DPs be allowed to play outside of their natural positions? Yeah, I mean, should they be allowed? Should they be able to? You know, um, I think that's going to determine the true value of a different DP. Um, the interesting thing, when I looked up the salaries of these DPs, Cecilia Dominguez is being paid a significantly, uh, a significantly higher amount than Tomas Pochettino. But when I watch the games, I actually see Pochettino with more um, diversity in position. You know, he's really, in the Houston Dynamo game especially, he started pushing into the box. He started crowding the goal. He started feeding things in and using some of that creativity and that long ball that he has. Uh, and he showed a little more diversity. Cecilia Dominguez, he has good feet and he can push hard, but... Uh, he had all he had all that first half of the season to play in that different forward striker middle of the box position and the results just didn't come but as soon as he went to the wing like again back to the Houston Dynamo game run in with a header mm-hmm. finish finishing instinct from that spot Driussi, he's a guy and his highlights from Zenit and um, watching some of the games there he's a he likes to float around and you even saw it probably a little bit in the Real Salt Lake game when he would come in. He's a little bit of everywhere. He has no problem running back into the midfield. He has no problem running to the side of the box. Um, you know, I think that's maybe what separates him a little bit. So that's excellent commentary, but you didn't answer the question. Should they be able to play outside of their positions? Because I, I thought we disagreed on this, but what I think I just heard you say is that, yeah, they should be able to. They should they should be able to should they have to no but is that's more the coach I think uh pro that's more the the organization around them where they're being used um should they be expected to be as good outside of their natural position as in their natural position uh, I I mean if you're a top guy Chicharito Zlatan uh you know Nani big name guys probably. A guy like Cecilio Dominguez, I don't, I don't, I think maybe that's expecting a little too much out of him. So we don't agree. We actually do agree on this. My thoughts from my very limited knowledge, um, you know, these guys are coming in to do a job and they're doing the job. And in the sense of these, in the, in the instance of these two guys, we don't really know yet about Driussi, but they're doing other roles also, you know, they're kind of going wherever we need them. We're every game, we're trying some different variation of something and they're, they're getting in there and they're, they're doing their best. So I think if you're a DP, it it comes with the territory. I agree. I don't think that you should just go into any position and just be the greatest, you know, footballer ever. Um, but I, I think it, it is part of the territory, especially for a first year expansion team. 
Yeah, I think let's let's focus then on on Cecilio because I think he's probably the most controversial one because I think the transition from wing to center box is that a big enough of a difference to where he should have been more productive, especially as the maybe under Drew Ucy, the, the the second or the first highest paid player on the team. Is his salary even a, is that even a, a talking point though when he is a DP and you know that about him, that he comes with a salary? Should that even be part of the conversation? I mean, I think, I think when you're talking about someone that's a DP, how much more you're getting paid. I mean, he's making, I think, 1.7 this year. Yeah. And I True. T- Thomas Pochettino, maybe he's making around a mil, probably less for this year. Yeah. Uh, as a as a guaranteed compensation at least from what I could find. Um but even the transition from position like his position from left wing to center box should we have expected more? Should should he have given up more or is it understandable that he didn't? Right. And if he is such a specialist in that one lane should we move him out of it? I I see where you're I see I see it. I I get where you're coming from. Well, we want to know what you guys think. You know, if we have any Verde Vision ATX fans yet, I don't know that we do. I think we have a couple friends and maybe you guys have opinions. <laughs> but pop over to VerdeVisionATX.com or Verde Vision on Facebook or Instagram. We will have posts up about this episode and we want to know your thoughts. Give us your feedback. Um, are our DPs worth it? Should they be able to play out of position? And are they living up to the hype for what they're bringing to our first year expansion Austin FC team? Okay. So moving on, we have a couple more things uh, for this first episode. We're pretty much halfway through the season, right? At this point? Yep. Yep. Halfway through maybe one game past half. How are we feeling? How are we feeling about Austin FC halfway through our inaugural season? Ooh, I think if you asked the average fan in the stands, you would get a combination of worried and angry. Um, I think I think we definitely have not lived up to the expectations that we've seen. Um, and I think the pr- the approach of this of this coaching staff um, may be a little too focused on the long term. You know, maybe a little too focused on building from the back up. I mean, we have a lot of really great surprises for me, at least in this team in the backside. Brad Stuver, you know, Stu. yeah, one of the highlights of this team in every game. Um, no one saw him coming. You know, never given the starting chance on the last two teams. I think he was with, um, and now he's getting his starting chance, and he's taking every advantage of it he possibly can. Alex Ring, we traded for from New York FC. Um, he's one of the better captains we could have possibly hoped for. I love his fire. Uh, Cascante, even though he's made his mistakes on the back end, he's been good. He's a solid defense, defensive player. Yeah, and so our defense in the back end has been good. Our midfield, they're really, really good. Some of the questions that just people are starting to ask, though, is our dominance in the midfield from us, or is it teams just letting us pass backwards? Mm. Mm-hmm. So halfway through the season, I think there is a lot of uh, dissatisfaction, uh, you know, lack lack of satisfaction from where we probably should be. And I think Josh Wolf um, has said as much in his most recent press conference. Yeah. Um, so for me, 
I come from Houston where we have the Astros, we have the Oilers, we have the Texans, we have the Rockets, we have the Dynamo, we have the Dash. Uh, we had a hockey team for a minute. And all of those teams had episodes of glory, right? Like they all kind of had their heyday. Uh, the Dynamo came out with a bang and they were like the expansion team that was on fire in the Brian Ching days, right? Um, for me, that is the... <sighs> You got to ride it out. It's a first year team in a league that I think is still defining itself in our country. Um, I I went into the season with zero expectations. I just don't have any. I 100% get that, you know, we had a couple wins early. We had draws. Like we showed these like moments of like brilliance and really gelling. And so it gets the hopes up. But there's just so much that goes into developing a team. There's so much that goes into gelling players. Um, I, I just don't think it's fair to have expectations. Um, but at the same time, I think my hammer is going to come down pretty hard um, next season. At that point, I'm going to be like, we had a whole season. We had a whole off season. Why aren't we developing? Like, why aren't we figuring things out? So I am going to be a very forgiving first year fan. I don't know I'm going to be as lenient in year two. Yeah, I think I tend to be an optimistic fan. And I think I approached the season like you did. I think I approached it with saying I wasn't going to have any expectations. But then I just saw some of the play that we had where we were dominating the middle of the field. We were shutting people down, holding possession, creating opportunities and we were just so close to finishing and i think after like a lot of fans i saw that potential i saw that it was there and i i let myself get expectations you know and i can't let go of them now i, th I think like most people we thought driusi was going to come in musajite when he finally got here was going to come in and plug some of those holes and we were really going to make a run at being a playoff spot you know that is as an American, we're so used to playoffs. And if you can just get in, anything can happen. And uh, we were really hoping. And, you know, you only have so many games before that slips out of your reach. And, you know, I th I, I'm i a little disappointed. I let myself have expectations. And for some reason, I just can't let go of them yet. I, I want to see the goals. I've We've been there for the goals at home. We've seen the goals away. Uh, magic. Q2 Stadium is electric. Yeah. When Shout out to the supporters section. Shout out to the fans. Yeah. Lamurga, what's up? You guys rock. You make the games. Oh, all of them. Austin Anthem. All yeah, of them. You guys make the games amazing. Yeah. Um, keep the chance going. Uh, but I, yeah, we it's halfway through the season. I'm not satisfied with where we're at. I don't think most of the fans are satisfied. I think we know we can do better. Uh, I'm definitely not a wolf out guy oh I, you can miss me with the hashtag wolf out yeah no wolf out i i love josh wolf the man doesn't sweat no he doesn't we're uh, gonna talk about this in another episode yeah i dare anyone who sees a picture of josh wolf sweating on the sideline please send it to yeah, us we have a we, reward we haven't seen it the guy has no sweat glands <laughs> uh, yeah you know and one more thing i want to say on this because i, I don't want to harp but i remember when the houston texas Houston Texans were forming and everybody said we will be a playoff contender in two years. Two years came, two years went, four years came, four years went. I don't want to fall into that trap. I, I want to be a real fan. I want to be justly 
um, fired up. I want to be justly passionate when I see things, but I don't want to fall into the trap of it's trash, get them off the field. Oh, I, I don't want to do that because I, I want to be realistic. Yeah, I think we still have a chance to get to the playoffs. Um, I'm not as hopeful about it as I probably was a couple weeks ago. Um, I really think the Real Salt Lake game was a missed opportunity. Yes, it was a it, w- that game should have been there for the taking. Yes, some bad officiating. Yes, a weird red card, um, but it was still there for it was still there. We should have taken that game, uh, but I think I think it's still we still have that chance. It's I hope that the team wakes up from that Real Salt Lake loss. Uh, I think this style of play because we do maintain possession so much it can put the players themselves uh not to sleep but make them too comfortable right they get a little too too soft on the field they get a little too used to being able to take the ball back and then they let these goals up and we have such a problem scoring we don't come back and i hope alex ring went into that locker room and said the refs made some issues, but I hope he kicked some butt back there. And I watched the press conference with him after that game. He was giving it to the reporters. Yeah, he was fired up. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let, let's move on. Um, so across the league, is there anything else notable happening that we need to touch on? I mean, there's been a couple of changes that are um, pretty notable that I've uh, I was aware of. I mean, the absolute beating that Seattle gave Portland to six to two. Um, you know, that's a rivalry game. Um, that game, they absolutely went to town, but I mean, Portland just sent, uh, a to San Jose. Um, Portland's just a team that has a big pedigree, but just this year came in really flat. Um, but Seattle, uh, that team with, I mean, they came to Q2 with five teenagers, um, parked the bus in the box and we could not break them down. And they just recently sent their one of their assistant coaches to be the new head coach of Atlanta United. Um, so that if that ends up being one of the first coaching trees that really kind of spreads a solid system through MLS, that's something to watch. Um, what uh, somebody from that Seattle Sounder system does with Joseph Martinez in Atlanta, that's something to watch for. Um, Seattle stays atop that table. Um, you know, New England in the East is staying atop. Uh, there's been a couple of players that teams have parted with and a couple of uh, new signings. Nothing super huge, though. Okay. All right. Well, then let's look forward to tomorrow's game uh, against Vancouver. Obviously, we have Cascante out. He's going to be serving that one-game suspension for the... Actually, he may not be out. I saw today a shout-out to Capital City Soccer they put a tweet because basically uh, for those that didn't see in the game, Cascante uh, was given a red card for denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Right. But after review, it, that player was off sides. So that play should have never have counted. Josh Wolf and the front office was talking with the referee union uh, for MLS about that. And there was still up in the air as of late this afternoon, early evening, if Cascante was actually going to have to serve that suspension. Ah, interesting. I did not know that. All right. Good, good last minute update. Um, all right. So, you know, what are, what are we looking for? You know, this is the second time now that we faced Vancouver. Uh, what do we think going into tomorrow? Tomorrow, 
the main thing I'm looking for is two things. One, the back line has to get it together. We cannot lose our defensive posture just because we get more aggressive. I think with the addition of Driussi, we started stepping up our aggression. We started moving Pochettino in the box. But some of that equaled a little bit of uh, laziness in that back line. A lot of counterattacks slipping through, guys being off kilter, not communicating. Um, so I'm going to be looking for, first off, that back line maintains uh, composure mm-hmm. and maintains its effectiveness. Second thing, Driussi, I know he's injured, but he's had some more time. If he plays and he starts, uh, I'm going to be looking to how one Pochettino feeds the ball into the box to Driussi. Does he go back to playing a little bit more of that longer ball, or does he keep crowding? Do we see Diego Fagundes go into the box more often? Um, does he keep his shorts b- below his hips? Absolutely not. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and does Dominguez from that wing get a little more comfortable? So just a little more, um, a little more intention, a little more setup. You know, not so much free play trying to turn it into a goal, but do we actually see plays being run? Do we see, you know, setups being finished? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think for me. Being home, I want to see a goal. I want to see those Verde lights. I think that's the coolest thing. Um, but absolutely, I want to see these things start to to fit together. This this little missing puzzle piece that we have, I want to see if we can start making those connections. Um, so I agree. Also, do we see a Musa Jite sighting? Do, does does he does he come in late in the game or is he still? I think he's past quarantine at this point. Ah, uh, you got me. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where that goes, but um, as far as how long he has to quarantine. Um, but do we get some time with Driussi and Musa Jite at the same time? Oh, that's exciting. Ooh, I love it. I'm ready for it. All right. So we are going to end this first episode with um, one more debate, and we're going to give this a poll to the people. We want to know your thoughts as well. Um, So I personally am so jazzed about Copita de Tejas. I love this triad of Texas teams with um, Dallas FC, Houston Dynamo FC, and now Austin FC. I just love how well you said Copita de Tejas. I practiced all day. Um. It's the wine. It makes me, you know, uh, no. Anyway, so, (laughs) all right. So here's the question. Who makes the better rivalry for us? Is it FC Dallas or is it Houston Dynamo FC? Like who, who is the rivalry we're going to lean into as Austin FC fans? Ooh, is this our first real P or V segment? Yeah. I think this is the first real disagreement we, we might actually have. I probably. Okay. What's your case for the best, uh, the best rivalry team? Oh, no, I, I asked the question. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I think uh, the best rivalry team in this Copita de Tejas uh, saga is actually FC Dallas. I think Houston Dynamo brought a lot, but I think as far as team versus team, I think FC Dallas is the better team. Uh, I think they bring the greater threat on the field itself. Uh, they may have never gotten the support, and I think anybody that was at that stadium or anybody who grew up in DFW, like myself from Grand Prairie, shout out Grand Prairie, Arlington area, uh, if you know that team has never gotten the support from the fans, but they build players, they have an academy, they send their team, their academy players regularly to Europe. Um, so I think FC Dallas, um, you know, fans in the stands lacking, I still think that's the greatest rivalry right now. Wow. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, we definitely disagree. So I, I have some personal bias here and, and I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean away from it. So I 1000% think the Houston Dynamo FC are the better rivals for so many reasons. Uh, in terms of like team history, way, way more exciting team history. I don't care about their development. I don't care about the talent that's never going to see their own field because they're going to ship them off. I, I, I want to go to the game and have an experience as a fan. Um, Dynamo is going to have another moment. I, I don't think this team is done. Uh, I, I will always stand for Houston, even though I am Austin FC till I die now. Um, they won championships. They won the U.S. Cup in 2018. Okay. And those fans, you guys, anybody who was at the Houston Dynamo game at Q, at Q, um, at Q2 Stadium, those Dynamo fans brought it and they were fun. They weren't ugly. They weren't vile. I don't know if anybody saw the, the Dallas fan conversations that were having happening. They don't love us. They're making fun of us. Very salty. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just not even fun. It's not even fun. Nothing about Dallas is fun. I'm going to say it. (laughs) So Houston Dynamo FC all the way. Better team history, better fans. It's going to be a more fun rivalry. It's better to travel to Houston for games than it is to travel for Dallas. There's way more stuff. If you ever need tips on where to go when you're in town, let me know. All right. That's that's it. P or V, Puck or Vanessa. Uh, do you think it's FC Dallas? Do you think it's Houston? Comment uh, on Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you're, wherever you're watching this, leave us a comment. Who do you side with? You can put just P or V. Oh no, let, no, no, no. We have we've we've got the poll set up. So you get to choose Houston or, or oh, Dallas. We're actually setting up an actual poll. Okay. Oh, this I'm serious. Okay. I want the results to show. All right. Hard data. <laughs> we need hard data on who's right. That's how much that's how much we like to argue. Yes. So one hundred percent. Go to VerdeVisionATX.com, click on episodes, episode one. That will be your poll for the website. Or you can go to Facebook and choose the poll on Verde Vision for our Facebook page. Who is the better rival? for us Houston or Dallas all right Puck any final thoughts uh no this is really fun everybody keep tuning in uh, I'm sure there's going to be many more disagreements on as this as the rest of the season plays out uh, I'm excited for tomorrow night um, we will definitely have a recap of that game uh, and we will see all of you next week yep signing off thanks guys and hope to see you soon ready vision seeing green no, we're going to work on that. That's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a better one.